Welcome back to another episode of the Next Level Minds podcast. My name is Chris Chapman and I am your host. If this is the first time tuning in, then this is a podcast dedicated to those who want to reach a next level in their business, personal, or career life. Every other week, I'm blessed to sit down with a qualified guest, entrepreneur, content creator, or mover and shaker in their industry and walk through their story of how they have gotten from point A to point B and overcame various adversities along the way. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I just want to go ahead and reiterate my main goal with this podcast, which is to impact over 1 million people. So I have you know, poured hundreds and hundreds of dollars into this podcast this year because I really want to add value out there. I really want to help people reach the next level. And I do want to impact those 1 million people out there in the world. So if you could please help share this episode with a family member, friend, or or colleague who you think will get some value out of it. And if you have not done this, make sure to subscribe to Next Level Minds, obviously to get the latest episodes. And now on to today's episode. I'm sitting down with Nick Hayden. He is the CEO and founder of Sports Biz Group, which is a really awesome organization that really specializes in sports and entertainment, talent management, event planning, promotion, sports marketing. They're just a big global sports community. His story is amazing because he he started a few different ventures. He started his first one in college when he was at University of South Carolina, appropriately scaled up from there, and, and then moved to New York, really just taking a huge risk and then starting Sports Biz Group. He's only a few years out of school, just like me. So him and I are really just going to connect on today's episode and, and really excited for the value that he's going to share. And also just the information that he's going to give about Sports Biz Group as well. It's definitely a really cool, innovative company. And again, thank you guys for taking the time to tune in to this week's episode of Next Level Minds. And as we like to say here, your mindset is your greatest weapon for the battle of success. Nick, thanks for taking the time to sit down on the Next Level Minds podcast. It's definitely a pleasure to have you. Chris, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How's the, uh, what is it, Wednesday we're recording here? How's your Wednesday treating you so far? You know, it's uh, just another another Wednesday, uh, maybe three, four months in uh, quarantine. So, uh, you know, they kind of blend together Wednesdays, Sundays doesn't really make a difference but yeah i'm doing well appreciate uh appreciate you having me on yeah no doubt any quarantine highlights you want to shout out anything crazy that's happened during your time or yeah i mean it's been all very interesting i i've been based in uh new york city um for the past two years and was living in brooklyn right right when covid hit and um was right when right when it all fell fell apart i, I had an office space in Grand Central Terminal, which is like wow. kind of where it all started. So that was like a little bit of a scare. Um, and then was just quarantined in, in Brooklyn for two months and, uh, you know, had a good setup there. Um, so yeah, just, you know, based there and I'm back in Baltimore now, um, was just actually in the Hamptons this past weekend, which was kind of of a unique uh, thing to do. It was a driving concert um, and uh, everything was set up, but I'm sure if you guys are listening you can Google it, there's a lot of bad press around it with, uh, mm. you know, videos leaked 
they're at it. So uh, about being, you know, not socially distanced. So that was cool to be there. I felt safe being there and, and, the, and it was a, you know, drive-in movie theater style. So that was actually probably one of the bigger highlights of uh, quarantine, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to stay entertained. I'll say that. Oh yeah. I bet, I bet that was crazy being in New York kind of when all this kicked off, right? Yeah, I would say, yeah, it was, um, you know, you see all the headlines, you, you get all the texts from people that you're, yeah. you know, saying, you know, what's going on and you're kind of seeing it uh, front row. So it was definitely scary, but I think, you know, from being in New York, you kind of like adopt a lot of the kind of perseverance and mindset around that where you kind of get through hard times. So it, it was difficult, but you know, it was, uh, I think we're, we're stronger or getting stronger because of it. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the beauty of a challenge. Usually, if you can get through it, it makes you stronger at the end of the day, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Nick, thanks again, obviously, for sitting down. I know, obviously, I was doing some research on you, and you've kind of had a, a really interesting path of, you know, obviously graduating from University of South Carolina. You were involved in, you know, ticket sales and a lot of different kind of sports endeavors, and then ultimately, obviously, you know, you're running a Sports Biz Group now. But I would love if you could just kind of take it from there and let the listeners know a little bit about your background. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, like ever since I can remember, just always been passionate about like entrepreneurship, you know, the start with the lemonade stand, you know, knocking on doors and cutting lawns, like always that type of hustle. And then when I got to you know, South Carolina, I was part of the sports and entertainment program, which is, um, you know, top ranked uh, in the country. And they have a lot of uh, different resources and professors and uh, opportunities to like work the masters, PGA championship. So, um, you know, it was really fortunate there. Uh, but when I landed at South Carolina, I knew I was going to start a business uh, that was more, you know, high growth potential. And um, when I was there, I started a company called Fan Plan, which was a travel agency for sports fans. So, you know, Clemson, they're always going to make the, you know, national championship, it seems like. So I would, what I would do is try to forecast that and contact all the alumni associations and say, hey, I'll be your tickets, travel lodging concierge. And, was, you know, doing that for about like two years and trying to get that off the ground, mostly college football, um, you know, ran into just a lot of problems with, you know, the tech not being there, um, price gouging, didn't have the direct supply of tickets all the time. Uh, so, you know, just learned a lot from that. Uh, but that was like one of the, you know, you know, um, high growth, you know, startup opportunities I was trying to build. Um, and, and while, while I was doing that throughout school, I, I was also the, uh, you know, the president of the entrepreneurship club, which mm. we turned into a 501c, not, um, 501c3 nonprofit. Um, really just trying to help start businesses in South Carolina, in the Southeast. Um, so, you know, we would tap into Charlotte where you're at, um, Greenville, all the regions and try to, you know, drive innovation. So, that was a cool opportunity to meet people and, you know, got tied up with some uh, venture capital firms as well. So just throughout college with just, uh, you know, testing ideas and going to as many events and just, you know, networking as much as possible. Yeah. And then with school, like that's crazy. You're involved in all those different things. I mean, like president of entrepreneurship club. And then obviously, you know, you said fan plan was the other venture, right? That you were just trying to get off the ground. Correct. First off, like how did you think of that idea? on the fan plan tech side. And then additionally, like how did you balance all those things in school? Cause that's pretty busy by itself. Yeah. Yeah. It was like definitely really busy. I think, um, like my schedule was really like packed up a lot of times I would like wake up at six and then mm. have 8am classes, but like 8am till 12 and then working at the arena from 12 to four. And then, but, but at the end of the day, like, um, you know, it's just balancing what's important to, uh, to your initial question, like how I came up with it is like, 
whenever I start a business, it's like, how do I reverse engineer? Like what I would want to do for fun and then get paid for it. So it would be, Mm -hmm. what's like the, what's the dream lifestyle. I love traveling. I love sports. I love being around the chaos and the environment of entertainment. Um, so how do I kind of work backwards and create a business that solves a problem in the ecosystem? Um, so, so that was like the main way I, um, you know, came up with the, the, the business idea. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm working on now with sports biz group, which we'll talk on, but, um, yeah, it was essentially that simple of just reverse engineering what I would like to do as a lifestyle and then get paid to do that. Um, and, and juggling it, I will say that like I neglected schoolwork a lot. Um, I'll be very honest with that where, you know, depending on what class and who the professor was, um, you know, I will definitely listen if they have a lot of value they can add to me. But if they're, you know, a 500 person lecture and they're talking about marketing, cause I need to take that as a prerequisite and they're talking about print and paper marketing, I'm already tuned out and I'm already on my computer sending emails or mm. doing things that are not. So, um, I will say it was, it was somewhat multitasking, which is not always the best approach. Um, but you know, throughout school is like really school is, there for the connections and for a lot of the things, but it was there for really just uh, test out business ideas. So, yeah. And at that age too, I mean, that's really cool that you were able just to to take a risk like that because, you know, when you're in college, it's not like you have a family or or kids Mm -hmm. or anything to support. It's just kind of all you, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I would, that was kind of the, what I would try to preach to as many people as well, where it's like, you you really have nothing to lose. Um, Mm. And, and a quick story of like a, a, kind of crazy story with fan plan is one day I actually got sued for a million dollars. So, um, I had a, my, my house in Columbia, South Carolina was my registered agent's office. I set up with an LLC and someone came and served me papers. I was really confused because I, I never swung that big on a deal or had enough liabilities or someone that would, you know, not like me enough to do that. Um, now I read through this 30 page document, learned really quickly about business law and read that it was a different company that they were trying to, to go after. So it was like a mistake for bringing me into it. Um, but that was like a, you know, a huge failure in a way. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, I called them and I was like, Hey, listen, you're really going to try to sue a college student. And, um, yeah, so, so they were, they were able to take that out and, you know, obviously didn't have to pay any lawyer fees. It was just talk my way out of that. But, you know, that was like, that's probably as worse as it could get. And, you know, I probably learned more about business law in 30 minutes than, you know, four years. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. I got like a D in my business law class. So, so confusing. Yeah. Just oh. get sued and you learn quicker from it. Yeah. <laughs> Advice out there. If you have don't a business, do that. <laughs> get sued. Nah. Yeah. Were you like freaking out when, when yeah, that, yeah. that served? I mean, that's a lot of money for anyone out there. Like, yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I was, uh, right, right. When it started, like right when that happened, I was like, wait, what are you joking? And then, um, once I read through it, it was, you know, I, it made sense that I was not involved and I, I shouldn't be partaking in it, but learned a lot about or you know, who you can trust. I had a lot of just, um, you know, fish oil salesman lawyers that just Mm. came out of the woodworks and were trying to pitch me to come let me like represent them and fly out to Texas and take care of it. And at the end of the day, I just could have done it myself. And I just had to pick up the phone and call, call one person and they apologized and took me off. So, you know, yeah, definitely. But um, at the end of it, it was kind of like a badge of honor way. I was like, that's kind of cool. And it's a, it's a headliner, right? If I, if I ever want to write a blog post or write a book or tell a story or put something on my portfolio, it's like that kind of cool attention grabber in a way. So. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that goes back to uh, the point you made about how much you learned about business law and, and 30 minutes, like big, I think big challenge out there is actually just go out and dive in and, and do something rather than just reading, reading, reading. It's all about action, you know? Yeah. I mean, you got to just learn from your own mistakes. You know, you can learn so much, but that was such a wild card. And you're, especially when you're start a business, um, I, I hope that it's not that severe or that crazy, mm-hmm. but you're, you know, you have to kind of, uh, you're, that's what you sign up for. You're expecting to get wild cards thrown at you on a daily basis. And that's how you kind of grow, I think, the, the fastest. And you kind of get around that by by kind of learning through getting punched in the face or kind of experience. Um, so that, you know, now I'm a lot more equipped and comfortable where, you know, in a business situation where not necessarily any, any capacity of getting sued, but, you know, I'm more comfortable addressing potential issues like that. So. Yeah, absolutely. So this kind of brought to my attention, you know, you mentioned you started your first venture while you were in school. And I think something that at least myself being like a young entrepreneur, and I feel like a lot of others unfortunately struggle with is, you know, having the ability to say no, because obviously at a young age, you're getting pulled in all these different directions of, you know, come to this happy hour, come to this dinner, come to this. Like, How did you, especially in college, there's so many temptations, what was kind of your strategy to be able to say no, and then just solely work on your venture when yeah. even when you wanted to go out and do stuff? Yeah, no, um, it, it, uh, it could be difficult too. Cause a lot of times you're kind of like sacrificing, uh, social time. Like a lot of times the best times of your life, um, to, you know, stay home, stay focused, stay sober, stay clear minded. Um, and, and definitely it was partaking a lot of that. I, I kind of just look at it where it's like, it has to be a win-win where it's like, um, I, I, I always feel the need to be productive with like, you know, say, you know, for, you know, my fraternity, we would throw a big tail gate, you know, when we play Clemson or, or any of these big games, what I would do is like, um, bring in corporate sponsors. So I'd call Bojangles, call monster energy. So like that was still kind of feeding my need to be like entrepreneurial where I'm like executing kind of a sponsorship deal mm. at a party where I'm enjoying it. So that's kind of how I was looking at it where, you know, it, it, a lot of times it, it is kind of, you know, s- sacrificing, you know, time or, or going out. But, um, if you kind of make it proactive, you know, productive to do both, yeah, no doubt. And I think that goes back to your uh, point you made about figuring out, you know, first off the problem that you want to solve and what you enjoy and then kind of like reverse engineering from there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that probably, uh, that's kind of like the the dream goal, but mm. at the end of the day, it's also just like what problems can you solve immediately that can, can make impact. And it, it doesn't have to always be about your passion, right? Like I'm sure that like, you you don't always want to be cutting grass, but if that keeps making you money, keep coming around, then keep cutting grass in, in, in some capacity. So, you know, that's how I kind of look at it. We're trying to create this epic, you know, dream lifestyle of like working in sports entertainment, but it's also, you have to get smaller wins, which aren't always going to be, you know, ideal. So it's a balance. Yeah, for sure. Before we go more into like sports biz group, I know you kind of touched on how you got into more of the entrepreneurial side of things, but how did you get into the sports industry? I think that's kind of a unique story too. Yeah. Um, you know, sports is, uh, it's just always been like a passion of mine where it's, um, always wanted to like play professional soccer. Right. But mm. realized, you know, that always, there's some story with that or, you know, hurt my knee or whatnot, or wasn't fit for it. But sports is always the ultimate unifier of bringing people together. You can connect that with anyone in the world. If I were to go to Africa, Europe, and, you know, brought a soccer ball, like that, that divides, you know, brings, you know, countries together in a way. So that's kind of always attracted me to sports, just that kind of 
bringing in people and bringing together storytelling. So, um, you know, there was never really any like welcoming to sports. It's like, Hey, come on in. It was like, you kind of have to fight your way in and, and kind mm-hmm. of make the right connections and go to the right places and say the right things and do the right, you know, meet the right people. So there was never like uh, a, a big welcome, you know, come on in moment, but it's always like a passion and I, I kind of will do whatever it takes to kind of make, you know, make my way through it. Yeah, for sure. Funny you brought up soccer. That kind of reminded me of a couple of buddies and I went on a mission trip to Honduras and I played soccer a little bit growing up to about high school, but we played like a local Honduras team just for fun and got absolutely destroyed. So yeah, it was bonding, I mean, they're but they're way better. So Yeah. But you know, that and it's South America and Europe, yeah. like they're so much farther along. We just, we just have so many more sports to choose from. And, mm. um, Charlotte, I mean, they, you guys got a soccer team coming in, hopefully making the MLS, but it's growing in the U S but it's still nonetheless, you know, ultimate, you know, fire. So, yeah. So with sports biz group, you know, obviously like you finish up at school, was it a, a quick spinoff of fan plan or can you kind of walk us through that? Yeah. So, so I attempted to go all in, uh, with fan plan right out of the gates. So I was, I finished the semester early and was able to, um, uh, get my final internship to cover uh, fan plan. So I, I got that approved by doing, um, you know, your final practicum or however, you know, school credit for an internship. And I was doing that, um, for fan plan. So finished the semester early final spring semester was doing that right out of the gates and, was not able to, you know, accelerate the technology, solving up problems, you know, sporting events, the margins. It, it just wasn't able to figure out the the right business model for it, um, and did that pretty much all the way up uh, until the summer, and then moved to New York, um, pretty much two mo- two years ago. So a lot, yeah, August twenty eighteen, um, yeah, and then then I moved to New York and and started Sports Biz Group. Yeah, dang. So you just straight up like moved to New York and and did you want to start it there? Like, I mean, that's kind of an awesome place to start a business, but still a, a big pond to be in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, well, just being in the, the Southeast, like I, I, I like Charlotte a lot. Um, but I, I, after like visiting New York a few times mm. for interviews and for conferences, I, I really like, like the vibe that was kind of offering and felt that it moved at the same pace that I wanted to. So yeah, when I moved there, I was able to you know, get some contract work done, uh, for, you know, like a sports betting company and consulting company and recruiting company just to keep it going. And, um, all of them aligned, they were all in sports. So I was able to kind of keep tapping into sports while growing, you know, sports biz group simultaneously. Um, but yeah, sports biz group wasn't necessarily like immediate, like hit right off the bat. I essentially got there, had my own personal company, um, LLC, and use that as a platform to go try as many ideas out. So, you know, started, try to start an e-commerce website for, mm. for golf fans um, that failed, uh, started a networking community um, in New York city. I would go to all the different networking events and kind of built this resource guide and that, that got some traction, but then simultaneously sports group got a little bit of traction just from going to these events and trying these ideas in the building and um, you know, rinse and repeat. So essentially from that, a personal company. I was trying as many ideas and sports business group kind of, um, came, you know, rose to the top, uh, for, for my main focus. Yeah. Yeah. And just by dabbling and trying it in different areas, right? Yeah. Just, just trying to see what works. The, the ultimate reason why I started was just to build a community for sports business professionals. And, 
get to learn what they were looking to get into sports industry, like where they're trying to go and, and then connecting them with people. So it just started as like an online community um, that just kind of organically grew. We ended up ha- helping people get jobs. Uh, we helped people stay on top of news. We helped people create deal flow um, from, you know, selling um, products or sponsorship to getting investment. It was just from this, you know, kind of um, organically growing uh, community. And then we started putting on uh, pretty large scale events in New York city um, we, we started this event series called the athlete platform. So we brought in current former, uh, players, mostly NFL guys, mm. um, and kind of gave them like a very candid, uh, platform to share, like, what was it like playing in the league, transitioning out business, what are they doing? Um, so that got some, you know, good, uh, you know, you know feedback from that and just leveraged our network to connect the dots, whether it's selling a sponsorship to a Super Bowl party, um, to putting on an event, selling a sponsorship there, um, just kind of pulling all the pieces together and connecting the dots where we have a lot of people th- flowing through myself and through our network that, you know, finding what people need and then connecting them and, and there's, you know, can be commissions off that. So. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of moving parts, but obviously a lot of like needed moving parts, obviously, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's good uh, to maybe focus on like one thing that you do really well. And that's kind of, we're, we're kind of built an ecosystem that has multiple angles of, you know, a sports biz news where we curate news and have a newsletter that goes out sports biz pod. I interview athletes, executives, and it's a way to kind of network and mm. sports biz events. So we're putting these events and then um, the agency side of it, where we're kind of getting more into talent management and, you know, working with brands and that's kind of really getting it. That's really what kind of, you know, fueled the business. Yeah. So with sports biz group, like obviously y'all do work in the, in the talent management side, event planning, promotion, you know, just sports marketing in general, obviously do a lot of like the, the global community kind of networking events. And you mentioned like you started in one niche first, right. And then kind of expanded out. Yeah, it started as like an online community. And then mm. from that, we saw people that wanted events. So we just started putting you know, small happy hours together. And then that that kind of got to 200 plus people events that we were selling out the 4040 Club, which is Jay-Z Sports Lounge. And wow. um, this past, uh, this year, we, we were in a really good cadence. We, we did an event at... Um, let's see, in January was an esports event at this really cool esports gaming hub, um, you know, teaching people about the, you know, emerging esports business and did that really well, flew out to Miami for Super Bowl, helped sell a sponsorship, attended all the week, uh, week-long parties and events, then came back and sold out the Microsoft Center in Times Square. And wow. that was like a cool event. And we, we um, had another event we were planning, it was a music and sports collaboration. And, and then that was like right when COVID hit and we had to um, pull mm-hmm. the plug on that. But yeah, events were really cool. And we were figuring out a way to um, get a lot of the right people in the room and as well as uh, make them profitable. Uh, but a lot of the events that we put on now, uh, sometimes it could take six months and we're, we're seeing business or deals come through to us uh, because of a speaker, because of an attendee at one of these events. So it takes time and events are tough to be profitable, but um, they're good, you know, lead generation for sure. Yeah, definitely. And you obviously just can collaborate, network, meet new people, expand business that way. So what was it like for yourself? Like I moved from Charleston to Charlotte. And I thought that was a fairly big risk only knowing one or two people. But I mean, looking out of my window right now, there's only about five high rises versus New York. So like, what was that kind of like day one for you? And how did you kind of just handle that kind of overwhelming, like, wow, this is it type of thing? 
Yeah, I, I really like those type of moments. That's kind of where I feel like most alive, where you're, I'm good at like figuring out as I go. Like I have some sort of plan, but I'm good at like thinking on my toes. So when I moved to New York, I pretty much had a week to decide if I was going to go and where I was going to live. So I uh, was able to land like a, a, um, a consulting um, gig that would just like help me stay alive, not like survive and live out of penthouse yet, but yeah. keep it afloat. So I had a pretty much a week to accept and um, find a place to live. So went up to New York, found some apartments um, that were, you know, not the best, but you know, they were livable. And then, you know, uh, just drove up from South Carolina and uh, was able to just, you know, kind of go to as many events as I possibly could. Sometimes I go to three events in a day uh, in the morning and then two at night um, and just built, uh, you know, friends and connections from just being out there in the mix. And, um, it's definitely overwhelming and it's definitely tough. And, um, you know, you, you can, you can get, you know, it's, it's definitely a harsh reality sometimes in New York where you have to kind of get thick skin, um, from rejection and from people, you know, trying to take advantage of businesses or, you know, a lot of different things. So, uh, but yeah, I, that's why I think it's exciting where it's, you kind of go into an environment and then it's kind of a blank slate to, you know, just build. Yeah. And you kind of just, again, have that clean chalkboard and it's like, Hey, now's the time to actually uh, make something of myself from scratch. What advice would you have out there for anybody who maybe move into a new city, whether it's out of college or maybe just a couple years in the workforce or their business and then move into a new city, but they want to, you know, make something of themselves. What would you suggest there? Any like general advice? Cause obviously you did it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a unique time. So like, you know, I think once this cools over and, you know, more in-person events are acceptable is just go to as many as possible. Mm. Um, you know, when I was in South Carolina, it was a organization called 1 million cups that put on, you know, the bigger events. So I'd go to that on a weekly basis. Um, 1 million cups wasn't so big in New York. There's just so many other events, but, um, essentially, you know, just going to as many events as possible and then finding either the organizer or a speaker or someone that's the most connected person in the room and getting to know them and then having them help you open up doors and, 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 and kind of leading with value. So, um, you know, I, I think when you're moving to a new city, you can't really expect people to just be handing you things and, and, you know, having a cake baked for you and roses yeah. ready. So you kind of have to like, you know, work for it. Um, so, you know, it, you know, hopefully when events are, you know, back into the swing of things, I would just recommend going to as many events as possible in person. Um, and even organizing your own event. I think that's where mm. I, I would, you know, for a month of time, I could go to an event every single day of the week and pick up so many new connections and experience things and do really cool, you know, meet really cool people. But me just organizing one event that, that um, justifies all of those other me going to other person's events. So it's kind of going through me. So it kind of reverse engineers it where if you put it on your own event, then you're, you're getting all those connections. Um, but now with, with COVID, you know, it's made it more difficult um, in a sense where, you know, you can't necessarily go out to a bar to meet yeah. you know, friends or you can't go to a, an event place and, and, and do all that. So, um, you know, it's kind of capitalizing on like people's time right now where everyone's at home, they have more spare time. And, you know, I would, I would recommend starting a podcast. That's kind of, um, I'm sure that you've seen a lot of new people come into your network because of that. And that's essentially why I started a podcast too, is just to network with people and, um, you know, I think it's simultaneously both where it's like once it's in person, just be out there, be in the mix um, as much as possible. But there's ways to do things that you can expedite that now. So, 
Yeah, man, absolutely. I like what you said about the events. You know, I used to be not anti-event, but I'd be like, ah, you know, I could get so much more done just closing my door and doing three hours of work or something. But then I started going to more and it's like, if you can meet one or two people at the event, those one or two people that you connected with could, and I'm sure you've had this happen, could just open the door to so many new opportunities and kind of like trickle down from there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's good to get out. And sometimes like later in the night, to, I mean, if you're a night owl, like, you know, you, the best work might not be done there and you're kind of grinding in front of your laptop, but um, you know, maybe you're working on something going down the wrong path, but if you just go to an event and talk to an honest person, then they might've, you know, poked a little bit of hole in it and you would have been reevaluating. So um, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, going to too many events could, could be a waste of time. It's good to kind of like get grounded and, mm. and focus and build. Um, but you know, I kind of used a lot of, you know, took full advantage of what New York had to offer. So once, you know, once COVID happened and shut down, I didn't really like have a regret. I felt like I, you know, used as much as I could when I was there. So, yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Obviously you mentioned a failure you had at, you know, when you were in college starting your business, like what's some initial, like maybe failures you had with sports biz group when you first got to New York, you mentioned some people are like, try to take advantage of you and all that stuff. Like, yeah, well, um, you know, I was fortunate to have like a good friend group and, and of people to kind of help, uh, with like getting traction on that. Um, but you know, it was just tough where it's like, you know, figure out how to generate revenue, um, mm. but also keep growth and keep organic relationships. And so I, I look, you know, giving a lot and not asking for a lot in return that can help with a lot of relationship building, but you also need to find a way to transact to kind of really grow the business. But, um, you know, a story, uh, that I'll kind of mention is, um, when I was, uh, this is probably a year ago. I was working on sports biz group that I had a few other consulting gigs that were keeping me afloat, but they, they kind of ran dry a little bit where I wasn't able to rely on them anymore. Um, and went back all in on sports biz group. I was like, all right, let's, let's do this again. It was tough, tough. Like, all right, how am I going to pay rent? How am I going to eat? Like struggling like that. And I was able to get linked up with a opportunity at the time when, when we work was on the really big come up and, uh, they were starting this new vertical, um, a lifestyle experiential vertical and was networked with the CEO through a, a strong connection of mine, referred him to me. And mm. we essentially meet me and himself and about 30 other people kind of joined this, um, this team that was supposed to be backed by WeWork for about $30 million. And um, they brought me on, wrote me like a six figure contract, um, equity bonuses, like it was like, I, I felt like I hit a home run with like finding this amazing deal yeah. and essentially turned off sports biz group for a sense, in a sense where I, I was still like, you know, looking at it, but went all in on this uh, new venture uh, that was backed by WeWork. And, um, you know, the people that were involved, former NFL, Uber, um, mm. big companies that were all like bought, bought into it. I was the, the youngest on the team, but they were all 30s, 40s, 50s experience we toured this, this building in Chelsea, Manhattan, that was going to be our headquarters. Like it was very, um, intriguing. Right. And then probably a month or, or so there's like red flags that came up. Um, you know, I'll, I'll kind of edit quickly, but this guy was like a huge fraud, lied about the funding, no relationship with WeWork. Wow. Um, and it was like a super roller coaster where, you know, a lot of the things I built with sports biz group were kind of like channeling it into that or like helping them build the community, help them with marketing and, and um, sports and entertainment lifestyle arm of it. Um, so essentially I kind of look at it this way with what I was building with fan plan, 
and then what I was trying to build with sports based group at the beginning, um, it was a combination of both. And this had budget and this was able to, I was at the early stage of it. So it was like, this is insane um, kind of opportunity. So um, that was, that was kind of a tough, um, another crazy story, probably as probably worse than the, the $1 million fake lawsuit. But, um, that was also, uh, probably say 10 times even more of like a learning lesson than, than, uh, what I was doing with, with fan plan. Yeah. Dang. That's gotta be crazy. Cause I'm sure when you, you know, got that, you know, kind of the agreement letter with the equity and, and different bonuses, you were probably extremely ecstatic, obviously with that amount of uh, money and everything. What was it like kind of like seeing it unravel? How did you keep your mindset right during that? Cause I mean, I'm sure it can be easy to lose it a little bit. Yeah, no, I lost it. It was like, that was, uh, that was tough. Um, I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I was in like probably the darkest time in a while with just, um, it, it was a mental roller coaster where I just came off kind of a loss where I was like, you know, like kind of mm. lost a little bit of business. And then this came up and kind of shot me back up. And it was almost like I kind of made it moment. And um, yeah, just learned a lot about myself too. Cause I kind of, I was like uh, acting and talking or not like you know, my ego kind of got a hold of me because I thought I already had that money. I thought I kind of made it. Um, and yeah, it just kind of changed my perspective. So now once it kind of came and crashed, it was like, boom. And then it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a gradual, it was like a very sharp up and down, um, change. And I kind of went all in. So, you know, th this was the coming after a loss and it was like, figure out how it's just going to eat. Right. And, and that was, that was tough. So, um, yeah, I will say that was like pretty tough times when that, when that went down. Um, but again, like once that cooled over, um, I learned so much and all the executives that were also kind of tied, there's about 30 people that were tied up into it. They were like, wow. See, very senior level. I was probably the only, you know, 20 something year old. Um, and just they saw how I responded to him and they were like impressed where, he was, I was his, I was the chief of staff. So he was communicating with me on a, like a daily basis. Um, and then, you know, close tie with him, but then once we kind of, the cat was out of the hat, I was the one that was kind of, you know, put him down, got official proof of him lying about it. And, um, you know, and then kind of just learned those lessons and had a few more connections. And I will say that from learning from this guy is like he was delusional he had an insane vision which is why i bought into it and a lot of people did so now it's going to probably take 10 years but my goal is to kind of take that vision and fulfill it and uh mm -hmm. you know do it the right way so that, that was like unique with it i got a new perspective new connections um definitely difficult but uh i think you know definitely made me better or stronger after that so yeah of course that, that's crazy you mentioned a lot of learning lessons i mean what would you say one of your biggest ones out of there i guess you, you said you got a new perspective but i'd be curious to know what your big learning lesson out of that is yeah well it's just like kind of you know looking at every like looking at people uh not looking at someone wealthy versus someone poor just kind of looking at for who they are it kind of very simple like that where you know when i thought i had a lot of money at that at that time um you know i was kind of almost look, i felt like i was looking down on people and i thought that was like a really bad approach so now that once i become you know multimillionaire that i'm going to keep this kind of level mindedness um so that that was kind of like one thing of just like treating you know people fair and equal. And you know, that, that was kind of like one basic thing, but um, you know, the ultimate vision of their company, I thought was really interesting um, of, of kind of fulfilling that. And 
Um, there's still a lot of kinks of what they did. It was on a, it was on like a high growth potential, but I still think what they were trying to do is possible. Um, and would be an awesome business to do. So it just might take more time. So it kind of took that away, but it's also just learning what questions to ask people to kind of test their red flag. Like, you know, you can, you could, I, if I now, someone like that came up to me again, I probably have a sequence of questions and I would be able to smell out, you know, their BS a lot quicker. So, um, it's just more general, um, entrepreneurial awareness that, mm. that comes with it. So th- it's tough to say, like, I don't have like a scripted questions I would ask them, yeah. but I can kind of get a better feel, um, per se. So it's like the self-awareness is, is higher than it was because of that situation, right? Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. That makes sense. I got to ask, what's it like working, you know, with, with these various athletes? Like I'm sure you've met some, some high profile people. Like what, what's that like? Yeah, it's really, it's really cool. Um, I think that's, that's kind of the flashy side of mm. being able to work in sports is like being kind of up in, you know, the front row and, and kind of being in these unique spots. But um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. But you know, at the end of the day, I think which, what's able to kind of get you into the door is kind of like, they're no different than you and I. And, you know, it's not about taking a selfie, uh, with a high profile athlete. It's like kind of getting to know them and building a relationship. So that's kind of just how I approach it where, you know, if I, if I see, try not to get, um, starstruck and kind of look at them as like a human being and, and kind of take it that way. But yeah, that's kind of the, I would say that's probably the cool part of, of being yeah. in sports. Have you, um, you know, obviously some of these athletes out there are, are extreme high performers, you know, based on their routines and just what they've accomplished. Is there anything that you've noticed between some of these guys that like separate themselves apart from just the, the average Joe? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the physical side of it, um, it, it's, that goes a lot into it. Um, and whenever they're ready to kind of transition into business or they're simultaneously doing business and, um, playing in the league, um, you know, you can see a lot of the same work ethic and dedication uh, that they have, which is really impressive. Uh, but you also see a lot of the struggle too, where they're they're just all in on sports. Um, and you know, someone like you or I, we, we've been in business, um, you know, five, ten years. Even even if we're fresh out of school, we've been kind of in the business world in a sense throughout college. So the transition out is really difficult. Where you know they would be running laps around us on the field, but we're you know, if we're in a business yeah. environment, there's, there's 10 times more people uh, trying to compete with you and you don't know who your opponent is and it's a different, it's a different landscape. So, um, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of how I like to position it, like trying to helping them, uh, not necessarily just transition outside of into business, but, you know, managing their obligations and kind of setting them up, um, to, to succeed off the field. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. It's also like, uh, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but it's each person, kind of they have their own strength you know the, the certain athlete he may have strength in this area but obviously you could have strength in this area um and i think that can be hard sometimes especially at a young age to compare yourself holistically when it's like hey i have this strength they have this strength kind of thing you know yeah yeah it can be and and it's a it's so many more skill sets that they need to pick up within business where you know you can have you know running receiving blocking or kicking and you know it's very dimensional but you know with within business you know accounting finance uh law marketing um there's just tech there's like just a plethora of avenues so um kind of you know helping them get focused on what what avenue they can make the most impact on and get it you know having it's all about having a good team around them so yeah and then that goes back in general just you are you know the five people you hang around i'm sure you hear that a lot in your industry as well 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what would you describe, uh, you know, if you had to look back at your journey and where you've been so far, what would be, you know, your one word to really describe the success that you've had so far? Yeah, I think like perseverance or, or I would say more so like hustle. Right. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, hustle is probably better, but yeah, I'm, I'm willing to kind of do a lot of things that people won't. And, um, it sucks a lot of the times, but I'm okay with that. And, um, you know, I think that's what I, when I, whenever I'm working with somebody, that's kind of what they know about me where it's like, I'll, you know, it's just getting it done and, um, staying focused and being sharp. So I would say like hustle is probably a good, good way. Yeah, definitely. I think that will get you so far at the end of the day too, just being to out hustle, you know, everyone else, all your competitors. Yeah. Yeah. So what, uh, what's, what's next for, um, sports biz group, you know, I'd love for you just to kind of like update everyone if there's any new initiatives y'all are doing or, you know, where, where can people connect with you as well? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn most of the day. So just find me at, uh, Nick Hayden, um, at sports biz, Nick, um, on Instagram and, and uh, Twitter. Nice. Uh, but yeah, what, what we have kind of going up is like, you know, have been able to adjust kind of our game plan due to COVID. Um, right now we're kind of, uh, in a unique spot where we're helping out two different VC firms that are both backed by professional athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're kind of taking a lot, uh, taking a lot, just what I've learned from, you know, in business entrepreneurship, building companies, kind of taking that agency in-house to these two different VC firms. So um, that's going to be really exciting where we're going to be helping them, you know, launch various media initiatives, helping their athletes grow their professional brand on LinkedIn um, through speaking opportunities and, you know, trying to optimize as much as they can make um, through endorsements and through investing. So um, yeah, we're kind of in two different VC firms that we're kind of positioned with and we've been helping them since the really early days uh, so that will kind of be a good way to kind of keep us going and, um, kind of utilize their resources. They utilize our resources and, um, we'll, we'll kind of see how that, that plays out. Yeah, absolutely. That's gotta be really fun too, to kind of work on the, the, the financial side, but also with the athletes as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say I'm not necessarily the more financial like modeling yeah. by any means, but more so, um, you know, help been a little bit with fundraising through a lot of these connections I've made with investors. Um, but also just, you know, taking businesses that are being incubated within the VC firm and, uh, these VC firms or say they're investing into a company and, um, kind of taking what I've learned to really kind of growth hack, um, mm. them and, and kind of incorporate the influence of athletes and entertainers to kind of put some, you know, gasoline on it and, and superpower it. Uh, so yeah, it's, it should be exciting and, it's uh it's difficult times hoping for you know live event sports are coming back but um you know just staying staying innovative yeah absolutely just pivoting where you can right yeah yeah no doubt well nick thanks again you know for hopping on the podcast like i loved hearing this story you know some of my friends have said some great things about sports biz group so it was nice uh, actually just being able to hear the full story hear your background and, and you know of course thanks again for joining us yeah, absolutely, Chris. Thanks for thanks for having me on. Well, that's it, guys. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of Next Level Minds. Hope you all enjoyed. Be sure to connect with Nick Hayden on LinkedIn and Instagram and really just follow Sports Biz Group, see what they're all about. Other than that, hope you all have a great week ahead. And as we like to say here, your mindset is your greatest weapon for the battle of success. <laughs> <laughs>